And so I think people who are looking at the job market right now should think about two things. One, use this as an opportunity for introspection and for slowing down and thinking about how do you want to live a life and do work that feels really meaningful? And the second thing is, how can we keep an eye on which industries are going to thrive after this is all over and which industries are maybe going to be slowed down or not as relevant anymore? Hey guys, welcome to Active Ingredient, the podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I'll be taking a deep dive into why people do what they do and what it is that drives them. I believe every single person has an active ingredient to them, aka a purpose, and all we have to do is uncover what that is and activate it. I'm looking at people across the board with fancy titles like editors and chiefs, founders and CEOs, to under-the-radar activists who are changing the world one person at a time. I want to get to the bottom of how they first discovered their passion how they channel their talent consistently, and ultimately, how their active ingredient is making the world a better place. So today's episode is with a returning guest of Active Ingredient. It's with the amazing Liz Tran. And I'm so excited to have her back on. Her episode was one of our most listened to and best reviewed ones to date. And I totally understand why. It's because she is just so authentic and Everything she says, she really she really is so intentional and gives such valuable information. So I'm so excited to have her back on. And as a refresher, Liz is the founder of Reset, which up until now has been a physical space in New York that bridges the connection between personal and professional growth, where she combines the best of modern executive career coaching with ancient practices like sound meditation, breath work, and astrology. Before starting Reset, Liz was a venture capitalist and worked with brands that we all know and love, like Instagram, Glossier, and Warby Parker, among many, many others. So I want to give a little background on the reason I wanted to have Liz back on the show right now. And obviously, I love her and I find her to be an actual fountain of wisdom and serenity, so I can actually talk to her any day of the week. But I wanted to talk to her now more than ever because she has had to completely pivot her company due to the coronavirus pandemic and has done so with such grace and trust in the universe. And I just knew that she would have so much value to share with other founders or with people who are struggling right now. So she has a physical space in New York and it's specifically in Nolita, which is one of the most expensive areas in the city. And she had to completely close her doors and her main form of revenue, which was doing offsite in-person executive training sessions were also put to a complete halt. Not only has she remained calm and patient throughout all of this, but she has adapted quickly and has reframed her mindset in a way that is expanding reset in ways she never thought possible and is optimistic about what this will mean for all of us. On today's episode, we're getting specific on how the world is coping with grief, making sure we are giving ourselves time to process. We get into Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how there's an opportunity for all of us to ensure our foundation is solid, how smart brands are reacting in this time of crisis and showing compassion and empathy, How to use this time to think about what your priorities are and if the life you were leading before this pandemic aligns with those priorities. And for those listening who have lost their jobs or are currently in uncertain or unstable industries, we get into best practices of how to best approach your internal search first. So with that, let's get into today's episode with the incredible Liz Tran.
All right. Well, I'm so excited to be doing this with you again and have you back on. You're, honestly, your podcast was one of the best reviewed podcasts I've had. Oh, that's so nice. Like so many people have told me that they've re-listened to it because you've had so many amazing, valuable things to say. So I'm so pumped to be talking to you. I feel like you are like the voice of reason right now. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so excited to, to chat, but tell us where are you hanging out right now? I am in Vancouver Island where Harry and Meghan Markle are also living right now. I wish I could say I was living with them in their $14 million mansion, but I am here with my partner. So my partner grew up here and he had the most beautiful childhood. We are basically a 10-minute walk from the beach and we're a five-minute walk from a forest, a national park. So every morning I go for a run with Grover, my dog, and sit at the beach and I meditate there. And the it's just been so wonderful to get out of New York City because um, we had originally planned to hunker down and basically we straight up bought a TV <laughs> so that we could watch movies <laughs> during this time. I didn't have a TV. We That's know so- we would have a TV. And I've never had a TV. I'm like not into TVs. But I was like, yeah, well, I, you know, I have always felt like, well, you should be reading a book and not watching TV. And then I thought, you know, if I'm going to be in my apartment for 30 days or, or more, I need a TV. And we bought $400 worth of food from Fairway. And then two days later, so much had changed in terms of the number of cases in New York City. And we decided, honestly, on Monday afternoon at 3, 10 days ago, that we would leave. And then we left the next day. So we bought our plane tickets. We closed up our apartment. We threw away all the food. Um, I closed up Reset, basically figuring that I wouldn't be there for two or three months. And everyone thought we were kind of crazy, but I'm actually really glad about it. And I really listened to my intuition where I just said, you know, it doesn't really make logical sense to leave New York right now, but I just feel like I want to. And I'm glad that I'm here now. It's really great. No, totally. And I actually do think it makes a ton of logical sense in the way that it's played out because as we've seen, it's become the epicenter of this whole thing in the United States. And I just feel like, yes, obviously you're putting yourself in danger to get on a flight or I I felt the same thing because I came to Miami. So like, I definitely felt the same thing, but at the same time, like if you're leaving and God forbid you get sick, like there may not be hospital beds for everyone, you know? So if you do have the privilege of being able to go somewhere else that you can get access to something, um, I think it makes sense to spread it out, especially if like there really are that many cases there. I don't know. Yeah. And I also think in this time, then the most important thing is to be with your family and with your loved ones. And, you know, I miss New York in so many ways and it would be really challenging to live here all the time. It's so slow paced. It's the opposite of New York. Um, But, you know, in times like this, really all the only thing that matters is being with the people who you love. For sure. No, I, I, I definitely struggled with that. And like, we actually had a list of pros and cons and like, there's a, a little part of me that feels like a little bit of a New York sellout for leaving. I left literally like, I would say over two weeks ago now. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was originally here and like, it was still, everyone was still wondering like, are things going to close? Are they not going to close? And I had to go back to New York for an event, which I thought was going to get canceled because they actually, they actually made the regulation of the less than a um, hundred people or more than a hundred people can't be in a, in a place. And I thought that they were going to make that before um, 
before my client's event, but they didn't. So I still went, we had the event Wow. and then they did that rule the next day. So literally that next day I was like, screw that. I'm going back to Miami. Like it was like, boom, back to back to back. And I, I think it was the best move, but anyway. Good for you. You look like a beach babe right now. You feel a little bit like a, like a New York sellout, but like at the same time, it's not the New York that we know right now. Like it's really struggling. And, um, I honestly, I can't wait to go back in that. It's like normal and I miss it. I miss going out. I miss like, I miss my coffee shop. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll be really curious how this impacts New Yorkers and their willingness to live in New York and deal with all the shitty things about living there because, um, you know, I've had a bunch of friends leave New York just for this temporary basis, but we're all starting to feel the same way where it's like, oh, well, maybe is there an alternative life that I could be living that actually is really, really, really nice, even though it's not New York. And for me, I've always wanted to be, I've always felt like I was a big fish in a small pond, but I wanted to just be a regular size fish in the biggest pond ever and be around all these other inspirational fish. And I always wanted to be in the best pond. And now something that I'm learning a little bit about being in this area, I mean, where we are, it's very suburban and it's really quiet. And they say it's, for the newlywed and nearly dead. So it's like young families and lots of retirees and no one's trying to do audacious, ambitious things. And then I guess there's a part of me that's like, you know what? That's kind of a cool lifestyle. <laughs> and I've always been very ambition oriented. Um, but now I'm actually thinking that we'll probably try to split our time 50% Canada, New York in the future. I think that's such a good point. And I think that like this whole thing has made us really boiled down our why mm-hmm. and it's kind of like look at our, our egos in our in the face and basically be like what is the actual reason why you are doing this like why are you moving away from your family why are you doing all these things like are the pros outweighing the cons and I do think that it's going to make a huge shift in in the people that actually stay in New York I mean it's definitely making us reassess literally everything but um, right. yeah like this lifestyle of just burning the candle at both ends and working 24-7, I think we're all learning that we can be really effective when we slow down. And I feel like I'm getting a lot of stuff done, even though I have a pretty chill lifestyle. What about you? A million percent. I actually, the first few days, it was really hard for me because I felt paralyzed. And mm. I kept I kept hearing people being like, be the most productive, blah, 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 all this stuff. And like, there's two sides to that conversation. And I, for those first few days when it was like national state of emergency, blah, blah, like this amount of people can be together. And it was just like that one day, I think it was a Thursday that it was like news after news after news. And it felt so overwhelming that those first few days of the following week, that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I was paralyzed. And I started to question like, how creative am I really? Like, am I actually of service to my clients? Like things that like, I had never really sat down and like, I just felt completely, completely paralyzed. And then I had a conversation with my dad and he was just like, you know, right now, like, obviously like you're a human being and like, you have to process things the way that you process them. But like, you're the most valuable you can ever be right now for your clients because they need help navigating this. Like, obviously I need help navigating it too, but like they need it also. And like, I think that those three days of being really paralyzed helped me to kind of just have a moment. and then. I became the most creative I've ever been. Oh, I love it. I love it. 
because it's like I think it's also like things are happening for my clients in a in a really authentic way because I restructured the way that I was thinking and not just getting my client in a piece for the sake of getting impressions and for the sake of getting eyeballs I'm I'm placing them on things with the mindset of how is their expertise going to help the world you know whether or not that means that they're going to buy into what they're selling like how are they speaking to the people that need to hear it the most and like why are they the best people to be speaking about it and like that's it's just my creativity is like out of this world right now oh it's so good yeah there's like this really beautiful um shift that I've recognized in a lot of my coaching clients where they feel so directed now and even though they probably um won't hit the business targets that they originally thought that they would, there's a real sense of purpose and motivation behind what they're doing, even if their businesses are not at their core connected to anything related to public health. Um, I mean, none of them are, but they're finding ways to be of value right now. And I just think it's really beautiful. It's like we all need the same things right now. And it's harder to, I think, sell people things or get people interested in your product when you um, are – kind of like operating at these different levels of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know that pyramid that um, you learn in psychology class where it's like, you know, at the bottom of the pyramid, your needs are like shelter and safety. And then it's like food and water. And then it's um, love, you know, friends and family. And then on top of that, it's achievement. So feeling like you're successful. And then at the very top of that, it's what we call self-actualization, which is feeling like you're really living your true purpose. And honestly, what the pyramid says is that unless you've achieved those lower rungs, you can't really get to the higher ones. So your needs, your basic needs for food, water, shelter, safety, and love need to be taken care of before you can do things like try to be your best self, right? And like run marathons and feel like you're a huge success. And right now we're all just trying to find grounding and stability And it's so nice when brands can come out there and basically just say, hey, we're going to help you just take care of your basic needs of like feeling whole and feeling that you're cared for. And that's really nice. It's like, it's honestly kind of an easier proposition to market to than like, how can I help you like live your best life and be the best version of yourself? This is like, I'm just going to help you make sure that you're okay. Yeah. And to be honest, I think that the majority of the population was was working towards that top one without having really paid really close attention to the bottom ones, you know, Mm. like to the parts of that hierarchy. Like, I think that if anything, now this is setting us up for more success in the future because we're really having to, we're forced to kind of pay attention to those early things and see what it is in our base that is flawed, you know? Yes. That's such a good point. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really true because it's like, you know, let's say, you know, food and, and sh- food and um, just nourishment is one of those base needs. And when I think about my lifestyle in New York where like I was meeting that by like basically eating out almost all of my meals, right? Like really easily spending $30 on breakfast. And then now I'm fulfilling that need by cooking really beautiful, simple meals at home for myself and my brother and my fiance and my loved ones cooking together, right? And so I'm meeting that need through community and through being of service versus like meeting that need by like ordering from Butcher's Daughter twice a day. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So I love that. I love that um, addition to the, the pyramid. I think that's so true. 
I'm curious to know because obviously you worked in venture capital for many years and I believe that you were working with them during one of the recessions. I wasn't, but I was working in tech. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious to know, like from your perspective, what, what was something that you saw companies or your company that you worked for at the time do correctly or what you saw them do incorrectly that you think we should be paying attention to now? Because it, I mean, I'm, I'm knocking on wood that it doesn't end there, but it seems like (laughs) we're going into some sort of scary territory when it comes to the economy. What did you notice then that you were like, that is something that if should this happen again, we should be replicating um, that you took away from that time. You know, it's interesting. I'll just back up for a second and just say that I think that this is going to be even bigger than the recession in 2008 because um, I was looking at the statistics and I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's something there have been, um, you know, multiple millions of people who have filed for unemployment in the past couple of weeks. And in the, at the height of the recession, there were only like 800,000 people who did. And so, or something like that. It was some number that basically, when you look at the unemployment filing numbers, basically now is blowing 2008 out of the water. And so I think it will be a really big deal. And one of the working in tech at the time, and then also having just in 2008, I just graduated from college. And um, back then, it was still, it it was pre-recession. So I graduated in 2007. And so going into investment banking and going into corporate law, like making your way there through law school were like the dream jobs. And that was not true after 2008. But the mistake that I saw a lot of my friends make, and this isn't companies, but my friends make at the time who are early in their careers, were that they just were like, well, I'm already down this path. I kind of just have to keep going, <laughs> right? Instead of accepting that the world was fundamentally different and that they were just going to have to change their five-year plan for themselves. You know, in times like this, we can't hold on to this idea that things will return back to normal. Um, and I'm not saying this in a pessimistic way. I'm saying it in actually a really optimistic way. We just have to be really open that the world is going to change in a lot of great ways. It's going to change in a lot of really challenging ways. Um, but we can't just try to pretend like in two months, everything will be the same. And we can't even pretend to know that how everything will emerge and evolve. And so with um, the businesses that I've been seeing right now, the best ones are saying, well, fuck it. Like we had this whole marketing plan. You know, I have a client and he was launching a new CPG product um, around this time. And right when it was all starting to go, to go down, he was like, you know what, we're going to move the launch up, even though we're not prepared. So we're going to launch like two weeks early. And it's not going to be about, you know, it was about community and it was about bringing to pe- people together in living rooms to sh- sample the product. And he was like, we obviously can't do that. And so, you know, what we're going to do, we're going to give it free to healthcare workers and hospitals. And that was like, you know, obviously not going to hit his revenue goals, but he's like, I don't really care. That's not really what matters or is important right now. And he is honestly one of the most revenue-driven people I know. And I really feel like I'm doing the same thing with my business where I've always been really oriented towards making money. And right now, money is not a thing. It's not a real thing. I'm lucky to be very comfortable. Um, I still have work. I still have clients. And I don't have to worry very much about money right now. And so I'm not charging people for anything really. You know, I've put out a bunch of workshops and classes because 
it's that's just not what's important to me. And I really had to shift that mindset because up until three weeks ago, literally the most important thing I thought about all the time was making money. I was teaching a class called Get Paid. It was a money manifestation workshop. And now I look at that class and I'm like, mm, not really tonally right. You know, there's something else here around helping people get jobs. Obviously, like we're both so lucky that we're in a situation where that doesn't have to be super top of mind. Like we don't have kids. We don't have things that we actually have to be paying for aside from ourselves, really. Um, and it's something that I, I've been really thinking about a lot lately because I feel like there's a lot of judgment for brands that are not giving things for free or that they're not doing something to give back. And it's like, I want to hear from your perspective on, on what's the line, right? Because like, I have one person that I, that one employee that I pay for. Right. And like my goal really is to get through this and still to be able to pay for her and Mm -hmm. to be able to get out the other end. Cause I actually, we both love what we do. Right. So at what point, do you say, okay, if I'm making the bare minimum, then everything should be going back to giving back? Like what I, I I'm struggling with like what makes sense to obviously be giving back and being of service during this time that everyone needs something. Mm-hmm. But also like we do need the bare minimum in finances to be able to also live. You know? Yeah. Like I don't I struggle with that. Yeah, I think that's a really insightful question. And the answer is going to vary from person to person because honestly, I think sometimes giving things away for free isn't the best way to help people, right? And so it really just depends. And I think that if you are a, um, you have to really look at your whole suite of what you can offer. And that is not just your product and things that you sell, like your advice and your, you know, your resources, whatever it is that you normally sell, whether it's a physical product or, you know, your mind and your brain and your consulting experience or your connections. Um, and then also looking at like, maybe it's, you know, your network or your community or your contacts or your fame. Right. And so just looking at what out of all those things can be most utilized right now, because you're right, we all still do need to make money and to take care of our own Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramids, right? The basis of our own pyramid so that we can take care of each other. I mean, I, um, it would be really silly if I gave away all my money and like, wasn't able to pay my rent and feed my dog and feed myself right now. Um, but what, and the way I look at it is I was like, okay, what is, what can I offer? And I was like, well, I can offer wisdom and guidance, my coaching advice. Um, and that's relatively inexpensive for me to put together. It's really just my time. And I happen to have an abundance of that right now. <laughs> so, you know, let, you know, I'm working from home, so let's do that. And so I think for you, like, it's not necessarily about like, you know, just giving all your money away or not having your clients not pay you, right? Your clients still need to pay you, but you do have a lot of wisdom that you can share to help other businesses. And so I think you just look at your um, own personal toolkit and just say, what does the world need, need right now? And that doesn't necessarily mean giving stuff away for free. But I do think that the brands that aren't talking about this um, in a way that serves their customers are really missing out on an opportunity to build strong relationships with their customers. And it's pretty short-sighted to try to get people in the door right now, you know, to buy some stuff when it's just a hard time for people to really, even if you're doing fine with money, for whatever reason, people just don't want to put their credit card information into 
websites right now to buy stuff. It just doesn't feel like right. Um, and so, but this is a moment to really build rapport with them, whether it's just through the newsletters that you're sending, right, to your clients, or um, it's, you know, just Q&A sessions that you're hosting on Zoom with your clients, whatever you can do to support them. But I know that I personally cringe whenever I open my inbox and I get something from someone that's like, hey, we're doing a 30% off sale. Please buy this right now. And I'm always like, whoa. Right. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right to me versus an email that's like, hey, we're thinking about you. Here's all the stuff that we're doing. Here's what we're going through. And then maybe there are some links to buy, but that's not the central message. Yeah. That's such good advice. Yeah. Have you been, have you noticed, have you been getting some of those emails that just feel so yeah, I definitely am. I definitely am. But I really try to look at it from both lenses of like, this is a business too. And like at the, at the end of the day, like they're probably trying to keep their employees. You know what I mean? Right. So like, it, 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 there's definitely a way, and this is where obviously like knowing how to message things, um, definitely is a huge, um, factor that can help them. But I just think that like, when I get those emails, my, my first instinct is to be like, Oh my God, really? But second, I'm like, they're probably doing everything in their power to keep their employees. They're probably doing everything in their power to keep their lights on. Like yeah. we're all on the same page and everyone is doing their absolute best, or at least I, I would hope that the majority is doing their absolute best. It's just, a crazy thing to navigate because <laughs> it's like, you know, some people do have a ton of inventory that's just sitting there, you know? Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's like even the messaging that they, I think that right now authenticity and vulnerability, you know, yeah. it's like, we really want to keep our employees. We love them. You know, that's how, why we started this business. We know it's really hard to buy, but we've done like a installment plan or something, you know? Totally. I think that like, if it's just like 30% off, like get your deal now, like that is cheesy and slimy and weird, but but when I see them, I'm like, they probably just don't even know how to message this the way that it's going to land right now. But their ultimate goal is probably to keep their team. Right. You know? But I mean, I don't know if everyone sees it in, in that light. No, I think you're right. I want to talk to you about the fact that you do have a physical space and I want to understand what, cause it recently opened and I feel like you were hitting such a great stride. Like I'm literally so happy for Risa and I'm so excited by the way that you've pivoted and I've loved every single thing that you've put out there so far, but I want to understand from your whole process when you first started to really, really understand like the severity of the situation, when you decided to close your doors and how you're proceeding with having a physical space. Because I feel like some people that listen to the podcast have physical spaces. Or like, I know someone that listens to the podcast that recently opened an acupuncture studio in New York. Literally early March. Right. So, you know, like, how how did you navigate that? What was your thought process? And how are you pivoting? This has been the ultimate exercise in all my years of meditation and studying Buddhism and Stoicism and trying to live in flow of the universe and just trusting everything. Because, um, you know, I think if you looked at my situation, it could be really disheartening, right? Like I invested close to $200,000 of my own money into this physical space, right? Like my whole life savings. And, um, and, a lot of my business was around doing events. So not just um, like we, what we offered was basically general public classes where you could come take a class on like astrology or human design um, or Reiki. Um, but a huge part of the business was also um, team offsites. So probably 80% of my revenue came from different companies coming in and me facilitating, designing and facilitating workshops for team building and 
for, you know, executive um, vulnerability, things like that. So corporate workshops in the space, and now that's just not a possibility. And also customers aren't really running, they're not doing corporate workshops. I'm doing a couple of virtual ones, but it's really, really different. Some huge companies like this like may be really valuable for them right now, actually. It's, it's so valuable. I'm doing something with a sales team and um, they are basically trying to, they're an enterprise sales team and they're trying to figure out how do you stay top of mind for your customers while also not bugging them and not being totally tone deaf. So we're doing like a little it's quick. It's a 45 minute workshop together where we're going to brainstorm and problem solve together. But I think people need this because they're really lonely. And so honestly, I started thinking about this a while ago. And then I started canceling meetings and canceling events and doing them online when I could. And I have really embraced the idea that maybe we don't have a physical space moving forward. And because who knows how long this is going to be? And rent in New York is totally insane. Like we're in Nolita. It's so expensive. And, um, you know, we're in the most expensive neighborhood in New York City, pretty much. And I really feel like the world always changes when things like this happen. But then those changes even last afterwards. You know, I think for a lot of in, in a lot of good ways, I think what we talked about before, people will be so much more flexible about working from home and you know trust their employees to get their work done, and people will be more oriented towards meaning and purpose versus productivity. Um, and so, right before I left for Canada that night, before we like packed everything up as if like maybe we won't be able, you know, maybe we'll give up the space at some point, you know. And I'm actually really fine. <laughs> you know, like I kind of just think whatever is meant to be is meant to be. And I don't look at the investment that I've made in the space, um, as a loss. Like I've had so many beautiful moments there. It's only been a year, less than a year that we've been open just about a year, but I created this amazing community that will still be my community. And I've always wanted to live a more bi-coastal lifestyle anyway. And and maybe we come back and the space reopens and it's amazing, but I really feel like people's behaviors around um, gatherings will shift. And I also have been loving doing these online classes and I never realized that um, that it was something that I really liked, but I've gotten to learn how beautiful it is to see people from all around the world on a Zoom call. And like, there's honestly this really nice anonymity to it where you can be really open with each other because you're talking to a stranger who you're never going to see again versus like you come to a class at reset and you feel like you're comparing yourself to all the other beautiful young girls who are there, you know, and like, it's harder to have that vulnerability. And so I have just been really enjoying this moment where I have no idea what my business is going to look like in two months. And I'm really okay with it. I think that the universe has always taking care of me, you know, when it comes to reset, I've gotten everything that I've ever wanted. Like I set a lot of goals for myself in the beginning and I like crushed them all when it came to reset. And now I'm like, you know what, this is like a wrench, but it's just because it's different than what I had planned. It doesn't mean that it's worse. I totally, totally agree. And when it comes to like the employees and your staff, how did you approach that? And like, what, what advice would you give to someone that has a similar size company as yours that may have the intention of reopening? Um, like, how did you navigate that whole situation? And um, what do you kind of see for them in the future when it comes to reset? 
Yeah. I mean, you know, having your own business is really hard, right? It's like, especially if you don't have a lot of funding in the bank where you don't have a cushion. Um, and I, I kind of think it's like, I always like live life hoping for the best, but planning for the worst. And, um, and I don't think that makes me, I, and I'm one of the most optimistic people I know. And so I don't think it makes me a pessimist. I think it's just more like, let's be really real what's happening here. And I think having really open and honest conversations with your staff and saying, Hey, I need to like prepare you. Like if things keep up the way that they are, I only have enough money to pay you through X date. But you know, like I will promise to give you updates weekly about how this might all change. And, you know, so I can help you plan and like, make sure that your life is okay. <laughs> like that's all really that your staff can ask you for is like honesty, transparency so that people can plan their lives, look for other jobs, et cetera. I know it's hard to look for jobs right now. Um, but it's really that uncertainty that kills people where they're like, Oh my gosh, I might be laid off any day. I don't know. But if it's more like, Hey, I promise I have enough money to pay you for the next two months. I don't know about after that, you know, like that's just kind of the vibe. I feel like for those people that do get laid off and like, maybe it's not even just the people that get laid off, like really anyone that is interested in this topic or that listens to Active Ingredient or that listens to um, your podcast or goes to Risa or people that are really have been at least up until this point trying to find what that thing is for them. Like, I genuinely feel like this is such a great opportunity that is putting us all on the same blank slate. And we can all really reassess what it is, even if you didn't get laid off, like reassess what it is that you want. The job market's obviously not the same. So it's not like you can be like, oh, I've, I've come to this realization and I want to become a doctor. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that clear cut, but I would love to hear from you on what advice you would give to someone who has been feeling this way for some time. This whole disaster comes, but it's actually serving a lot of people that were in this really weird place of doing the job just to check a box, but it wasn't something that they were really passionate about. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really, really huge opportunity. It's really yeah. exciting. I mean, I was thinking that this, this morning I was laying in bed with Dev and um, I was thinking, oh, you know, I should teach a workshop called Job Search Within. It's the idea of like using this time to go inside and like take a bunch of personality tests online and think it, learn the Ikigai framework and think about um, ways to think about what it is that you really should be doing because we have the time and the space for it. And plus the t this time makes you realize like how fragile life is and that we really should be li living to our fullest every single day because you never know what could happen. So why not just do or try to do something that you that scares you that you really are excited about versus something that feels a little bit more safe? Um, and these are the moments where like living a meaningful life really becomes clear how important that is, right? Um, and living in a way that is true for you, not what everyone else thinks. Um, and so I think a lot about my experience in the recession where I um, had just graduated from college. I had been um, working at a law firm in LA. And then when I moved to New York, I thought, you know, I'm, I don't want to be a lawyer. I decided that but I want to work in publishing. So I was interviewing at a bunch of different places and I got a job at a publishing firm. It was just to be an assistant, but I was so excited. It's so hard to get jobs in publishing. And I really, really wanted to be a writer. And uh, about a week after I got the offer, they rescinded the offer because 
of the recession. And I was so heartbroken. And there were basically no jobs in publishing. They were laying people off. Of course, they weren't going to hire anyone. And I kind of floundered for like six months. I waited tables. I did some temp work. You know, I just did random jobs because it was so impossible to find anything. And then I took a job working at a startup that my boyfriend at the time introduced me to. And that led to an entire career in tech that has been such a meaningful experience in my life. And I wouldn't change anything about it. You know, my I loved working in tech. I loved working in venture capital. They led me to where I am now. They gave me a ton of opportunities to become the person who I am now. And I'm so grateful for the fact that I didn't get that job in publishing, right? It's like yeah. that was not an industry that was going to make it. You know, it's still a struggling industry, right? Yeah. And that recession really um, tanked a lot of industries and made other industries so much more viable for your long-term future. And so I think people who are looking at the job market right now should think about two things. One, use this as an opportunity for introspection and for slowing down and thinking about how do you want to live a life and do work that feels really meaningful? And the second thing is, how can we keep an eye on which industries are going to thrive after this is all over and which industries are maybe going to be slowed down or not as relevant anymore? And I actually don't know the answer to what those are. What do you think? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that virtual communities are going to be huge and I think giving people tools for self-learning yeah, is probably just out of this world right now. Zoom is probably <laughs> crushing it. Slack is crushing it. Yeah. Netflix, um, House Party. Yeah. And I think that those behaviors, once they're started, will persevere. I mean, I used to think it was so weird when someone would say, hey, do you want to meet on Zoom? And I'd be like, no, either we can talk on the phone or you know, we can meet in person. But I don't want to have an awkward video chat with you, but we're getting accustomed to that, right? It's like so much more normal now. Like I feel like I'm just talking to you when we're looking at each other on the phone. Even though I really do miss you. (laughs) I miss you. I want to hug you. But those behaviors will be the same. And so I think anything related to that. And I think that maybe there will be um, kind of a boost in the healthcare industry and people really realizing that these healthcare workers are heroes and maybe people wanting to go do that. So who knows, right? And then I I question a lot around luxury goods. And I think that we've been really lucky where we've seen um, just the economy go up and up and up and up over the past few years. And there's a real space for luxury right now and spending more money on, you know, a jacket or shoes, hundreds of dollars. And I don't know if that's going to be as much of the in, in in as much of the cultural zeitgeist moving forward. I completely agree. A Remember thousand everything that you just said. Yeah. yeah. And then after the recession too, you know, there were companies like Guilt Group and Groupon that they were basically born out of this consumer mentality of prioritizing a bargain over prioritizing how chic something is. And then they died away once the economy got better, right? And so I think we'll see some platforms come out that are all about savings and all about frugality, which are really important right now. But then in a few years, you know, as the market goes up again, everything is cyclical. Cyclical. That's what it is. It's like, what's not cyclical? Yeah. (laughs) We're cyclical. So accountants thought that they they would be fine every April 15th, but then Corona comes and now it's not even that anymore. So it's so bizarre. 
I know. What's that saying? Like the only two certainties in life are death and taxes. It's like, well, taxes, not anymore. Exactly. I literally thought that. I was like, well, that's really scary that like one of those two things right now are kind of in flux. So does that mean death is also in flux, which it kind of is now. So, I mean, it's always, it's always been a certainty, but like, you know, seeming a little bit too close for home for a lot of people right now. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about something that you spoke on one of the panels that we did together, which was creating space. Because right now, space has been created, <laughs> whether we like it or not. Um, and I want to know how you're like proactively kind of figuring out what those things are that you want to have the space for. And like if you're proactively saying like every day I want to do X, Y, and Z. Or if you're thinking long-term and thinking for this long-term idea that I have, I'm allocating X amount of time now. Or are you just really just letting it go with the flow and like the space that's been created is just to be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am getting to do a lot of the things that I really wanted to do before, like get on a good schedule with my, um, health and my food situation. So, um, in New York, I was so busy all the time. I always felt I would get, like I was just like either forgetting to eat or like grabbing takeout really quickly. And then I would work, like do meetings all during the day. And then at night I would either lead classes at reset or I would um, just be so exhausted that I would just like binge watch TV and then like eat a bunch of food. And so I wasn't working out as much as I normally wanted to. And so right now I have the space to basically do a lot of self-care every single day. So I've been going for a light run, nothing serious. It's not about like being skinny. It's just about being in trees and getting some fresh air because I really want to tend to my lungs right now. I think coronavirus is a virus that affects the lungs and I like feel so lucky to be able to breathe, right? And like go for a run. I feel the same way. Every morning when I wake up, I like take a deep breath and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't cough. (laughs) Like I feel I feel my lungs working. Like I actually do. (laughs) Yeah. Something you take for granted is now like, wow, this is really cool. So I walk the dog and then so I, I wake up at the same time every day. I wake up at seven. I walk the dog. I run. Um, I meditate. So I've been doing my, I've been listening to my own meditations, which is kind of weird, but I really like them. Send me them. Send me them. I'm struggling. I, I've been listening to the same one. I listened to Melissa Wood. I don't know if you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. I listen to hers all the time. And then this one girl on Insight Timer and I'm just like, I need a, a new one. So please. Send oh one. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I will definitely send them to you. Um, and I've been listening to, to my own voice meditating and then I kind of make breakfast and then I work. Um, I, I've been only scheduling like meetings and then actual like thinking work until 1 p.m. So basically from between like 9 and 1, I'll work really, really hard and I'll take breaks to eat and stuff like that. And then the rest of the day, like sometimes I do more work for the rest of the day. Other times I'm like just like thinking. I mean, the other night I worked until like 11, but that is not usual. Um, yeah. And I use it to create a lot of time and space for what it is that the world needs right now. So I obviously had like a whole plan for online courses before all this happened. Um, But some of the courses just don't seem really relevant anymore. And then there's more of a need for other things. So I use the space to like come up with new things. Like I just taught this workshop called Pandemic Astrology. It's all about the astrology of coronavirus and why it happened according to the stars and also how, what parts of your life it impacts based on your chart. So we look at the area that is causing, we look at the planets that are causing this whole crazy global pandemic. And then we see where those sit on your personal chart. 
And then you can – it was a really cool class. I'm going to do it again next week too um, because it was just such a great workshop. Um, but obviously that class didn't exist. And so I had to give myself the mental space to sit around and think, oh, can I just like let an idea come to me? It's probably in the same way that you feel really creative right now. It's a new challenge and a new problem to solve that you know, you're not just doing like – I'm going to phone it in and just do the playbook that I normally do. You're like, oh, I actually have to think about this. Totally. I feel like I was on autopilot before. And like now I'm like, no, you actually have to dig deeper as to why you even sign these clients in the first place. Why are you having these people take this course in the first place? Like, what are you actually giving them? It has to be so much more tangible now because people need it more than ever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's I think it's making us all just do everything with more intention and and being more present. I love that you're thinking that way for your clients because I'm sure that they're all totally freaking out right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest, I was freaked out too, because typically PR is normally the first thing to leave. Right. I mean, this is a PR crisis for a lot of these, a lot of these companies. And like, I, I, I think that that's what was help was causing the paralyzation for, for those first few days. And I was like, damn, is my business completely done now too? But then like, no, all these people really do have so much value to add. And I really, really did believe that. And then once I flipped that switch, I was like, there are so many things that all of my clients can be doing. And like, if there was a client that I thought couldn't be doing that right now, I would straight up just tell them. Right. And and also like it, it does, it does have an expiration date if there are new regulations in place, right? Like my client could be being an expert in something that has absolutely nothing to do with their actual product. But if they're not selling, then they're not making anything. They can't have me as a, a you know what I mean? It's definitely a cycle. So it, it may have an expiration date, but like they are incredible experts at what they do. And they have so much value to give to other people who are in similar situations as they are, or people who just need them for something to lean on. And I've been able to identify it for all of them that are completely different. They all have completely different things to to offer. And it's just, it's so exciting to me to be working a different part of my brain and just think about the the person on the receiving end and like how my client can be of service to them. So oh yeah, I loved all the butcher's daughter stuff that was like, okay, you oh think my God. that was so amazing. Yeah, it was so beautiful. And it was like totally the right tone and very customer-centric and you know, food is in New York is the number one thing that might suffer. And it was just so beautiful how they were able to pivot and be of service. And for, them, for them that like they really pride themselves on on offering such fresh food, like their fresh produce is more important right now than their meals. And they recognize that. And like to be a part of that was the coolest thing ever. Like yeah. that was just like it like really lights me up because I'm like, I, I just love being around founders that can think that way and can act so quickly and like just make decisions that are ultimately probably going to get them to get to the other side of this, you know? I think that it's that is exactly right, not just for founders, but for everyone. It's like there are no rules anymore. You can just do whatever you want in your life, you know? It's like yeah. don't worry about making the smart decision. It's just like you just have to trust your gut and just go with it because we're operating with such incomplete information and we have to make all these hard life choices. It's like do you go to Miami or not? You know, you made a pros and cons list, but ultimately you just trusted what your heart said. It's like going to Canada, it wasn't the easiest thing to do, but I just really wanted to, right? It just seemed, well, there was no clear reason. If I had made a pros and cons list, the, all the pros would have been stay in New York, except for maybe one really? or two. Yeah, because I don't have healthcare in Canada, you know? And I have, my health insurance is through Oscar and it, it is only so in the United 
catastrophic. So I was like, honestly, it's not going to probably do anything for me here. I don't know if Corona cal- like qualifies as as uh, catastrophic, but right, yeah, who knows? And then I just thought, well, I got to the point where I was like, you know, I feel like all the hospitals will be swarmed in New York anyway, so. Might as well just go to Canada where I'll probably still have to pay out of pocket, but it'll be cheaper at least, you know, but it's just, there's no medical gouging that goes on. And yeah. And it's just like, you know, it's not cool to stay with your boyfriend's parents or your fiance's parents. Like, that's just like not that fun, you know, but they're really wonderful. And I feel really lucky to be here and, um, we'll probably get our own place in about a week once we're out of quarantine. But yeah, I think that a lot of the decisions that I'm making about my business are not based on logic or rationality right now. I'm just going with like my gut instinct about like what seems like is the right thing to do right now. I love that. Well, this is extremely valuable. Um, What else are you working on that people can tune into that would be of help for them? Yeah. So we have a free online course called Mindfulness for Uncertain Times. And you do- yeah, you should start. I got my, day two, my day two email. So. Yay! <laughs> One, yeah, it's really fun. It's seven days, and um, it's just nice to give you give yourself some structure for the day. So you just wake up in the morning, and you're like, "Oh, I know, I need to do my meditation," and it's um, fifteen minutes generally, and then you have a couple of journaling exercises. Um, and each day is about a different aspect of ourselves that can give us strength during this time. So, um, day one is all about self-love and self-appreciation because we tend to be really hard on ourselves in these moments where like, I'm so lazy. I didn't even get out of my pajamas today. I didn't wash my hair today. I didn't work hard enough. And it's like, you know what? We're all grieving. Let yourself do that and let yourself take any time to just be a zombie because it's literally what you need right now. You know, like you saying that you were paralyzed for three days. That's what you needed to do, you know? No, totally. I, but I really like, and I tried to get out of it. I just, I was like, I just have to surrender to this because I really, no matter what I was doing, no matter meditating, no matter anything, I was just like, I can't move and I can't think creatively right now. I just can't do it. Yeah. Your body needed to adjust. Like we cannot expect ourselves to be in completely new situations and to just be thriving immediately. Like you need a transition. That's why transitions exist. And so take that time. Um, so we have that course. And then I am um, I think I'll do a webinar next week called Job Search Within, which is basically all the things that you can do right now to help make your job search more successful once all the you know job boards reopen up and people can interview in person again or you know once people are hiring again. But there's a lot of great purpose and wayfinding work that you can do right now that will guide you through. And then next week, we're rerunning our pandemic astrology class, which teaches you a lot about astrology um, and also teaches you about why this pandemic is happening. It helps give, give it some some sort of purpose to it, right? It's like, you know, a lot of people are dying and it's so awful, um, but helping to see it in the bigger scheme of the world um, and in cycles is what we were talking about before. And then um, lastly, I guess with the the first thing I mentioned, mindfulness for uncertain times, um, along with those seven days of content that you have, then you can also join group coaching sessions. Um, so last time we had like 50 people who were from all around the country who gathered together and 
we learned about the five stages of grief and how to identify where you are in this process because we're all grieving and then how to work with that, right? Like that it's okay to talk about why you are upset. And I think that everyone in the world right now is doing this thing where they're like, oh, this is so hard, but I should be so grateful. And I think that's the right attitude to have. But you also need moments where you can just wallow, you know, because that's how you heal through grief. So um, I think after this week's coaching session, which is on Tuesday, I'll probably just keep doing a weekly group coaching session. Um, so it's all at um, on Instagram and online. And we're at ResetNYC and ResetNYC.com. And I'm also taking suggestions. So if people have things that they want um, to learn about during this time, then um, reach out. Oh, and then one more thing is all of our online classes, you can access them through a membership. So we have people who are members, they pay $27 a month to access any of our online content. And we're giving the membership out for the next two months for free for two months so that people can learn while they're at home. I'm signing up literally right after this call. You should, you can teach yourself astrology. Enneagram. Yeah. And I have a suggestion for the job search one, just because I feel like this is like such a great opportunity for people who may have been thinking of their dream job, but not knowing exactly how to get there. Like that dream job right now is probably in need of something. Like mm -hmm. if you can teach people how to reach out to these companies that they think that they want to work for and like teaching them how they right now they have time, like how they can be of service to them in a time that they're, that they need it to test out, to see if that's a dynamic that they even want to move forward with after the fact, but like being oh. in communication with them, offering them something, whatever that company needs and seeing if, if it works out, maybe at the end of this, they get a job, you know? Oh, that's such a good idea, Sophie. I love that. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Cause if they have time, I'm like, if, if someone wanted to work for a new nation and came to me and they were like, I thought of this amazing idea for your client X. I would be like hired. Like I would find a fucking way to hire them, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You like teaching people that they can still dream and go for things and reach out to their favorite companies, like especially now is so empowering, right? Because I think people yeah. do feel really like they don't know how to move forward. But as a business owner, the fact that you said that is so extraordinary. I love it. For sure. And I, I mean, even if it doesn't move, anywhere like even if they're so like stuck right now as a company that they can't have you even help them right now like the fact that you've even sent that email is going to go a long way at the end of this I think yeah oh if you have more tips like that for me later on let me know but I love that that's such a good one for sure all right well this was amazing I miss you so much I, I can't you back together and we can go to butcher's daughter and just have a an actual latte and chill yes i mean i think it'll be soon and it'll be summertime and it'll be beautiful and until then we can just zoom yeah we can i'm actually going to sign up for your membership now so yay oh i hope you can make it on tuesday to the group coaching call it'll be fun what time is that i think it's at 9 p.m est 6 p.m pst Oh, perfect. Then yeah, I can definitely make it. I don't know why I ask as if my schedule is so crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. This was amazing. I'm going to stop recording. <laughs> okay. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you can take two seconds of your time to rate and review us, it would really mean the world and help us out a ton. If you guys want more inspiration and quotes from the episode, you can check us out on Instagram at 
active ingredient. See you next week.